So today we have some readings that have to do with God's law and the goodness of God's law. And the scriptures are reminding us, especially Jesus's, that God's law is very, very good. Um, and, it, and it's beautiful and wonderful. And it actually brings us into God's life. From the book of Sirach we hear, If you choose, you can keep the commandments. They will save you. It's your choice. You can do it. But they will save you. If you trust in God, you shall live. He has set before you fire and water. To whichever you choose, stretch forth your hand. When my niece Helen was two years old, uh, we had a rule in the pool area of my aunt's house that the kids who were not of age had to wear floaties if they go in this particular area that leads into the pool. There's a gate. You come through the gate, you have to have floaties on. That's just part of the deal. And so Helen had snuck into the gate and got into the pool, uh, the pool area, and nobody saw her. She just kind of got through. And, you know, there's maybe a handful of people in the pool. There's a lot of noise going on, so you could just easily miss, miss these types of things. And a parent's worst nightmare happens. Helen jumps into the pool and... Uh, as you would imagine, she just kind of sank like a rock. She sinks like a rock into the pool. And there's all the noise, so, you know, people are already in the pool, easily go unnoticed. But fortunately, my aunt was also in the pool. She caught Helen in her the side of her eye, turned around, picked her up. Helen, of course, is crying and, and sad. Children generally don't remember their experiences as they're developing at that young age. She was only two years old. I just talked with Helen this weekend. She's three now. She was telling me the story. So that one stuck. Things have consequences. We recognize this very clearly in the scientific world. Newton has the famous laws of motion that he describes. Third law of motion. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. We all learned that in high school or maybe even grade school. Well, this, of course, holds true in the moral life and the spiritual life. St. Paul gives us a contrast between God's law and the fact that God's law is life-giving and it brings us wisdom. It's, a, it's one particular aspect of God's wisdom and human wisdom, which is foolishness. We might think here of the zeitgeist, that is to say the spirit of this world. What's popular now? What's happening now? Think here of the Oscars. They just said the Grammys. I heard things about it. Don't tell me what happened. I I don't even want to hear it. If you want to know what's popular now, 
see what celebrities are saying and what the ethos of, of some of the most influential people in society are, it's, it's probably a part of the zeitgeist, the philosophy of now, which is changeable, malleable. It's relative. We call that relativism. God's law, by contrast, is solid. Doesn't change. Doesn't bend with the times. Here's St. Paul. Brothers and sisters, we speak a wisdom to those who are mature. Not a wisdom of this age. Nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. Rather, we speak God's wisdom, mysterious, hidden, which God predetermined. Think here again of these scientific laws, these immutable laws that don't change or cannot be changed. God predetermined them before the ages for our glory. For our glory. This is God's intention. Our glory and which none of the rulers of this age knew. If they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. God becomes a human being in the person of Jesus Christ. How do human beings react? We murder God. There's a tension between the prince of this world, between the zeitgeist, the wisdom of the world, and the wisdom of God, and the person of God, and the laws of God. We see this, of course, in the teachings of the church, which at various points in history, different teachings of the church rub cultures and societies the wrong way. So as cultures change and develop and as the zeitgeist changes, they have certain different issues with what the church says. We think now some of the most contentious issues that the church teaches, generally speaking, it's sexual teachings. It's the teaching on marriage between men and women. It's teachings that the church gives on gender. It's teachings that the church gives on artificial contraception, which it does not like and sees as an obstacle to love. It's teachings on abortion. All the major ones that are just hard. It's just hard for the modern mind to bend towards. In the very beginning, as we're told in the book of Genesis, there's this scenario where God says to Adam and Eve, our first parents, eat from anything in the garden. Any tree that you see, it's yours. This is your playground. This is paradise. And God, we remember in those early days, we're told by the author of Genesis, that God was friends with Adam and Eve. He walked with our first parents in perfect relationship. So God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve on these kind of leisurely strolls of intimacy and joy. Think about the peace of communion with God, which is, of course, what all of God's laws are oriented towards. Having that relationship with God. Having that intimacy with God. And then the serpent, right from the beginning starts to tempt Adam and Eve, and the way that he tempts them is he starts to make them think for the first time that God is actually a tyrant, not a father, a tyrant lawgiver who has these laws 
that he's forcing us into. Did God really tell you not to eat or even touch the tree of knowledge of good and evil, lest you should die? That's a lie. He's just saying that to keep you unhappy. God doesn't want the best for you. So we know how the story goes. Our parents, our very first parents, they eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the one tree that they were not supposed to eat the fruit from. And death enters the world. And then as the story goes on, kind of catching us all the way back to the gospel that we have today, God restores our humanity in the person of Jesus Christ. God becomes a human being in the person of Jesus Christ. And the tree that was the downfall becomes the tree of redemption. Jesus is the new Adam who uses the new tree to which he himself is crucified to. And notice, it's very important to recognize the stance and the disposition of Jesus throughout the Gospels in the act of the crucifixion, the most important event that takes place in the life of Jesus, the crucifixion and the resurrection, is Jesus is the opposite of tyrannical. Jesus never, ever forces anyone to follow him. He never says, you have to do this. He just presents reality as it is, as any good parent does. This is reality. If you want life, take it. As Jesus is presenting these laws that he's building upon the Mosaic law that was passed on to his ancestors, the Jewish people, the point of the laws is so that we can see what God's life is actually like and participate in it. And so it's very difficult to be humble and to allow these laws to penetrate and to be obedient where we don't want to be obedient. It's okay to admit that for all of us. I had somebody the other day say, Father, when's the church going to kind of catch up to some of these teachings, uh, to some of these things that we're dealing with in modernity? We're losing people all the time. We just keep losing Catholics more and more every day. And when's the church going to catch up? church, from this mindset, can't catch up. You can't say, scientists, when are you going to change the law of gravity? It just doesn't, it is what it is. It's presented to us for our good. Finally, I'll just end with this. St. Paul gives us these really beautiful words of hope that talk about the, the fruit of our obedience to God and his laws. It is written, What eye has not seen and ear has not heard and what has not entered the human heart, what God has prepared for those who love him. The way that Jesus describes how we love him, by the way, at the Last Supper to his 12 apostles is, you will love me if you keep my commandments. Eye has not seen ear is not heard, nor has it even entered the human heart what God has prepared for those who love him. This God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Lord, we ask you to help us to see your law as good and beautiful and life-giving and as the road that brings us into the relational 
friendship that you desire with us. Help us to never see you as a tyrant, but as a loving, gentle father. Please soften our hearts, Lord. Help us to enjoy the intimacy that you desire to have with us. And give us true freedom. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let's take a few moments in silent prayer just to listen to and speak with the Lord in our hearts.